Hello everyone. Welcome to the Game Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Łukasz Ściga, and this show is about 3D graphics programming, low-level video game development, where we demystify game engines, rendering pipelines, physics, linear algebra, and all sorts of other obscure parts of game engineering. Sit back and enjoy the show. You have now quite a view on the insights of the rendering pipeline. You know how the data is being processed from a 3D model to 2D image on the screen. Let's focus on the coloring today. Up until now, it was the same color. Now you want your 3D models to be colored properly. What properly means though? Your engine requires you to assign material to a model if you want to color it. What really is a material? And how to color the model so that different parts have different colors? That's what I'm gonna walk through today. So far, I considered your 3D model a set of triangles, each made up of three points in 3D space. This means that one vertex could be defined as a 3D position. Now on top of that, we'll add another vertex attribute. You need to add color information that will affect the insides of the triangles. The technique you need to use is called UV mapping. But before jumping to that, how would you encode a set of different color values? Imagine a 3D protagonist. It consists of multitude of colors. You need to create a file, save it on the disk, and pass to the game engine. This file will need to contain information about thousands of colors. You can express a color in an RGB space as a set of three values from 0 to 255, or from 0 to 1 for that matter. You have dealt with 3D values already and used vectors for that. You can also use vectors to store the color information. So you have a set of vectors and you need to store them somehow. How about putting them into an image? A PNG file? Each pixel of the image will correspond to vector encoding a color. Such a file we will call a texture map, or more often, simply a texture. There are other kinds of maps, because as you may imagine, you can encode other vector information about your 3D model into a 2D file, but let's not think about it right now. You know how to store colors in a file. That's great. The tricky part you're missing is how to assign colors to different parts of the models, and then to map them to such texture in a way that will be readable by the game engine. And here we come back to UV mapping. The idea behind this technique is to take your 3D model and flatten it out on the surface. You can imagine you cut your model with scissors. Or you can think of chocolate Santa Clauses or Easter bunnies that you unwrap before eating. Each of the triangle gets an assigned place on a texture. You rip your model apart, you take the triangles and you lay them out on a 2D surface. You store the mapping between your 3D point in a model object space and a 2D point on a texture. The process can be handled automatically by Blender, but usually you will need to make some changes here and there after you run it to optimize the space used or to help in weird surfaces of your model. In order to bind triangles into a specific place on the 2D image, you need to tie 3D vertices to particular 2D coordinates on the texture. 
these 2D coordinates are called pixels. This process is called UV mapping. You might wonder what UV stands for. If you've seen shader code, you might have also seen accessing X and Y coordinates of the vector with U and V. U and V are used to describe the axes in 2D because X, Y and Z were already taken by 3D parts of the graphics programming. If you think it's weird, well, I'm with you on that one. Summing up, armed with that knowledge, after you create a 3D model, you can create a texture. Ask Blender to kickstart your UV mapping process. Here and there you might want to fix the errors or weird transitions. Then you can paint the model and while painting, Blender will modify the texture with the color you used. And after you export your masterpiece, besides 3D model, you will have a 2D texture with your colors. I encourage you to export using the OBJ format and then open the file with a text editor to look at the contents. You will see that 3D vertices have assigned 2D coordinates referencing parts of the texture. This is another vertex attribute besides the position that you will use in your shader code. Now, listen. Think of what just happened. UV mapping established a precedent. You now have a way to add additional information to your 3D model and encode it in a 2D image and pass it to the game engine. These 2D maps can influence how the model is being rendered. You are currently capable of rendering a colored 3D model. It's great, but it's nowhere near realistic. You don't have any shadows, light is not being realistically reflected. Actually, it's not being reflected at all. You have blobs of color rendered where you wanted them, and there is a long way before achieving more realistic renders. Before stepping in into the world of shading models and tackling the comparisons between different ideas how to render things to either fake or mimic the real world, let's discuss one thing that bothered me personally on the textures front. How does the thing called materials fit into this picture? Wherever you look in the game engine, you control rendering through an entity called a material. If you have a 3D mesh, you can't put it into a scene as is. You need to first create a material for it, and only then you get to assign a mesh and a texture. What purpose does the material serve? What even is the material underneath? You need to realize that in your scene, different objects might need to be rendered using different shaders. Those shaders are very tightly coupled with the rendering process. For example, a default 3D shader in Unity will allow you to plug a texture in a diffuse property. Diffuse is a term stemming from the shading models, which I will tackle in the next episode. You can now think of it as the base color. Beside it, you can see properties for other maps, normal map, roughness map, metallic map, etc. However, if you were to use a so-called tune shader, the one that mimics the cartoonish style of rendering, you would see the base color property, but not the roughness or metallic. This is because each shader logic is tightly bound with the shading algorithms used, and therefore requires different sets of inputs. Unity and other game engines attempt to make it more concise and create an entity 
that groups all shaders, their inputs like textures and other user provided values and bundles them together to make sure that you're not trying to use an input parameter that is not present in the shader. This entity is called a material. When you're dealing with graphics programming per se and building such tools from ground up, there is no concept of the materials. You upload both shaders and data to GPU and it's you who need to make sure that once you change it, you make an appropriate update in both shader code and CPU code. Game engine developers usually create the concept of materials internally as well, just to avoid dealing with these issues. Let's recap. The materials allow you to control and modify the way that the models are being rendered. They wrap shaders and user properties, both values that are manipulated during the runtime and values that usually stay static like base color. The typical 3D shader, and therefore a material, need a 2D image called texture, which encodes colors for the 3D model. Each vertex of 3D model can be mapped to a point of the texture, called texels. It is happening in the process called UV mapping. And with that, you've got yourself a fair base for diving into the more advanced topics. Those include shading models like Fong, you might have heard about physically based rendering or ray tracing. I've mentioned diffuse lighting, but there's also specular lighting, ambient lighting. The terminology grows quickly once you start diving into these. I'll attempt to categorize the vocabulary and shed some light on these matters in the next episode. For now, thank you for your time and attention. I am Ukar Stiga, and this was another episode of the Game Engineering Podcast. See you in the next one.